This episode is brought to you by Portland Distro. If you love underground music and movies, go to portlanddistro.com for licensed shirts, vinyl, CDs, and more. Go to portlanddistro.com. Plug in the discount code MikeHill666 for 15% off at portlanddistro.com. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to 2022. And uh, Ralph and I are getting together. It's actually literally New Year's Day. The 2022 is brand new. So we're going to uh, have a kickoff episode for this year and talk about oh what we did on our boring New Year's Eve nights and uh, what what the hopefully the next year or so is going to bring us. How's it going, Ralph? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too, and Happy New Year to everybody out there. So do you want me, do you want to tell me that you weren't out there raging yesterday with all the other retinic? <laughs> I wasn't uh, I, I very rarely rage uh, when it comes <laughs> to that kind of thing, you know what I mean? Uh, I, but... I really really thought you you were like a party guy, you know. <laughs> I don't I don't uh, do well at parties as uh, in the immortal <laughs> words of uh, of uh, Rust from uh, True Detective season one. I, I don't do well at parties. <laughs> <laughs> No, like, uh, I had a, well, fairly good kickoff for me here, uh, local time. It's, it's 5 PM. So my day, the sun is already going down. Um, I had a great first day because, uh, uh, like yesterday was chill. I hung out with Danny, my best friend and, uh, Tito's the dog and my cat. And also, like a buddy of mine, Oli was here. He's a regular listener to this podcast, and he's a fellow podcaster for German tattoo podcasts. So that's what he had. So shout outs to him. And we just hung out, um, listened to some music, ate raclette. You know raclette? I don't know if that's a thing in the States. Uh, no, I don't know that. What is it? It's um, it's pretty much you have like it's like a, like a grill machine, a small one, and you have like little pens that are not as like look like a pack of cigarettes like from the size and you put like cheese in there mm-hmm. and you put it in this small machine so it melts the cheese and then you have um you have like tons of stuff to like with that so like asparagus and tomatoes paprika um some bread potatoes like, i think i mentioned this like you have some sauces and then you just like put the melted cheese on top oh wow and uh yeah, it's like it's a social food because like it takes some time. You have like these little like hors d'oeuvres and like, just mix it up and can talk with it. It takes some time to eat it. And it's pretty much the the most popular thing people do here at New Year's. Um, some do it at Christmas too, but like New Year's, like if you like the day before New Year's Eve, like on the 31st, the supermarkets and everything is open until 2 p.m. If you try to go in one of the stores, try to get some cheese to melt or to get some baguette, there's no chance in hell you will find this because everything will be taken. And yeah, so we hung out, listened to some music and ate. And I think like we were, we were protective for the, for the, for the pets because they just hate fireworks. Yeah. But um, since we're in a sort of like a small lockdown again, um, it was forbidden to hang out with more than five people and fireworks were forbidden except for the stuff that you still have around at home. 
which obviously some idiots have tons of. So, yeah, like it, it's not as much as it usually is, but like there were still some fireworks, especially like the explosive stuff. That's what the Germans love. I don't know. Like after World War II, they shouldn't maybe do that. <laughs> <laughs> But it was like it wasn't that loud, and the kid, like the, the the pets were taking it lightly, and so we hung out until one. I went to bed, and today it was just I went for a run, saw like the first two episodes of the new Cobra Kai season. Oh, okay. Which is always, and it's always fun, like fun watch, and um, just took my bike out for a spin, read some more in trees. I'm almost done with trees, and. Um, yeah, so far it's chill. So how was your night and your first, uh, like your start into the new year? Well, first of all, I didn't realize that Cobra Kai was uh, the new season started. I'm definitely going to watch that. Um, yeah. Yeah, my New Year's Eve was uh, almost like every other day I spend <laughs> by myself here. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, um, I, I watched, uh, I, ha- I just got the All the Haunts Be Hours, a compendium of folk horror. It's a four, a fifteen disc, Blu-ray plus a CD, and um, it's it's pretty pretty amazing. It's got like a lot of films I haven't seen, a couple of movies I have. Uh, there's like a reading of the Arthur Machen, uh story, The White People, with um, a score, a musical score accompanying it. Um, you know, there's a book. It comes in this really cool packaging, and and uh, I've been I got it on Thursday, so I watched something Thursday night. Um, you know, I watched Eyes of Fire. Uh, last night I watched uh, Il Demonio and um, Dark Waters, which I'd, I'd already seen Dark Waters. And yesterday morning I watched the uh, three-hour documentary about the origins of folk horror and where it is today, and. Uh, there's like tons of extras and you know bonus material and interviews and short films and it's it's pretty amazing and I'm glad I have it um, for this uh, you know isolated season that we're in right now. Wow, it, it looks terrific. I just saw the pictures you posted and I like googled it and it's 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 amazing. Like the whole setup is great. Yeah, definitely, man. And the uh, the documentary is three hours long. It's, a, it's Woodlands Dark and Dazed Bewitched. That's the name of the um, the documentary. And yeah, they don't they they take their time, man. It's awesome. There's no, um, you know, it, it's just like okay, cool. You paid for it. This is what we're going to give you. This completely comprehensive collection of stuff. It's great. I appreciate stuff like this. Yeah. And that was about it, man. I <laughs> I did that. I um I you know, I, I played guitar. I wrote some songs. I you know, that's about it all I did with my time. It's pretty much all I'm gonna do today too. And uh my uh my new gym is opening, not my gym, but the um the guys I train with, uh Muay Thai is uh opening up on Monday. Uh mm-hmm. so I might go over there today to help put the mats in or something like that. And I was talking to my coach last night and uh, I might do that. I mean, you know, things are, uh, there's like a pseudo lockdown here. It's not nothing. Actually, nothing's locked down. I got, I'll be, I'm going to be honest. There's like a intellectual lockdown on certain things. Like certain people, you know, like you're, you're, they leave it up to you to do what you want to do. They recommend all these things. And for the most part, uh, I think, 
a lot of people are, are like I was supposed to go and hang out with my buddy Sam and his family last night, but they canceled because of uh, concerns over the Omicron variant. But everything everything's pretty wide wide open here, and you know I, I I'm I'm sort of withdrawing a little bit, but as everyone knows has been listening to this, I had COVID and, you know, I got all my vaccinations and I live alone and all those sorts of things. So I'm not too locked down really. Mm-hmm. So whatever. Yeah. So these new songs you're writing on guitar, I guess that's the uplifting ska punk you promised for 2022. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I'm going to do a side project with ska music, which I can't even play. Actually, I can't even play ska music. I can't get that up, upbeat, you know, upstroke or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, like the offbeat. I can't do like it. In the, in the, the guy that recorded like the first records of my old band, Repugnant, um, he played in the ska band. And I think like with, with ska and oi band, there's always this, this competition of having, having the dumbest name. And I just remember that his band was called Ska Trek. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> Scott Mephiscopheles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like this. I guess. Always, always terrible. Yeah. But, well, we're in 2022, man. We made it. We survived. <laughs> man, time is fucking irrelevant, man. Honestly, as I get older, yeah. I'm starting to see these things. It's like, you know, and, and soon we're not, we're going to have one homogeneous uh, season throughout the planet, too, where there's going to be no temperature variations so it's really going to seem like time is a, a fucking so time is a circle man <laughs> but uh i, I yeah. see we're going back to, to to true detective the whole day now <laughs> <laughs> i i have been thinking about that um a lot uh because of some of the things that we've talked about with uh, the future of this show uh but before we get yeah. going man i want to um i want to talk i want to just give a shout out to everyone who joined the patreon um, you know, I just made, I had a soft opening on it where I had some stuff, you know, we, the whole month of January, there's, there's material that's being scheduled on Patreon and, uh, one episode I released because I wanted to get it out before the end of the year. And, you know, it's a little bit of a downer, but it also was just for me, like meaningful to get it out because we are talking so much about grief and loss and everything. And I wanted to kind of start 2022, maybe with a more uplifting um, atmosphere than the end of 2021 for me. And, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to thank everyone who, um, who joined and I'm going to read off everyone's name, man. And, and thank, I'm going to continue to read off people's names as they join, not their last name. You know, people deserve their privacy, but I also want to express my gratitude to these individuals who joined and uh, the appreciation I have for them. So here we go. Thank you to Keith. Carl, Andy, Chris, Lindsay, Andre, Seth, Reed, Niall, Matt, Jens, Mateo, Joe, Frederick, and Josh. And um, with the exception of Lindsay, uh, notice that this is a, a, an all-male uh, list of people. There's, <laughs> we have like, we've got an all-male group here on Patreon, with the exception of Lindsay. So, you know. <laughs> I always thought that, it, that's okay. always amusing to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's, it, you should call it the, the, the cis male Patreon. <laughs> I know, man. Right? I mean, 
will be, there will be more people coming in and like what I, what I can see since uh, like for everybody out there who like joined us on Instagram, it's like I'm doing the Instagram mostly and we've getting getting more traction there and there's a bunch of uh, like women or like non-binary people. I don't know. Like, <laughs> non-binary I, people. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't care about these genders, but like there's a mixed group of people, and I'm super happy that like people find us on Instagram, and yeah, man, it's like that's what I wanted to like get off my chest. Is uh, I mean, I, I, I don't really know when I when I joined like as a like a full-on co-host. Like, it must be like somewhere in the early 2021 last year. Yeah, but uh, yeah. But I've been I've been here for a while now, and um, people are giving us love. That's great. Getting good feedback, and um, there's a, like a bunch of people that like I've been interacting with through the like Instagram page. And I wanted to give like two shout outs to Carl Haikara and Brandon Legion, who are always the first to like give feedback, like comment on what we said, and give their opinions, repost our stuff. Like these two guys are amazing and I've been in touch with both of them. So like, thanks to you guys and to everybody who reached out to us. That's just fucking amazing. And I'm glad to be part of this journey. Yeah. Carl and Brandon. Absolutely. I mean, Carl and I, uh, correspond regularly actually, as well as Brandon and, uh, Bran I've been a guest on Brandon's podcast, um, uh, horror wolf and, um, big supporter, uh, you know, it's awesome, man. I'm really, I, I, I honestly have to say that I wish I was a little bit more active on social media than I am because um, sometimes I get, I, I'm remiss on sharing stuff and liking things and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I'm going to try to make an effort not to just blindly, mindlessly scroll through things and like everything, but to find the people that are actually in my life and promote their stuff and do a better job doing that. That's one of my one of my goals for this year. Yeah, but dude, I mean, we we have it covered. Like, whenever mm -hmm. uh, there's something important, I'll let you know. And I think we're doing a good job with managing the social media. And um, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy like being in touch with that. And that being said, I I will be like really bold right here, right now, Brandon Legion. Uh, I dare you. You did like a vampire episode with Mike. I want to do a. <laughs> I want to do a satanic horror movie episode with you. I want to talk about The Omen and The Exorcist and all these great satanic films. So if you want to do it, hit me up. That's awesome, man. I would love to hear that. Yeah, man. So, yeah, uh, as you said, like, we want to start on a, like, more positive note. First off, um, before we get going, I think... You mentioned the Patreon. Maybe you should also, like, for our listeners, maybe just, like, tell us tell us about what they can expect from your Patreon and how do they find it? How do they join? Okay. Well, first and foremost, you can find it by going to the everythingwentblackmedia.com site, and there's a pop-up that directs you to the Patreon. Or you can go to the Facebook page, and there is a link posted to it. Or you can just download the app and search Everything Went Black Podcast, and then you can find it there. And, um, you know, from time to time, I'll be embedding it, um, you know, just to remind people how to get to it and everything. Uh, so there's uh, two levels. There's level one, which is $1, and uh, there's level two, which is a $5 um, commitment. And there's no real commitment, really. It's a, uh, you can 
join for a month and then quit, or you can join for the rest of your life, <laughs> or as long as the or as long as the show uh, lasts. That is, and uh, so what you get at level one is you get access to all the bonus content, and uh, that's going to be a minimum of three bonus episodes a month, most likely four. But I, I want I want to commit to three in case something comes up one week and uh, I can't put something up there. So now that means that you get two episodes a week, which is that's a lot of stuff, man. You know, and uh, so for level two, you get all of the bonus stuff, and um, then you get early access to the regular episodes, and uh, so that's. You know, because I, I, you know, we do this in advance, except for today, actually. This is going to come out mm. later this week. But, uh, you know, everything else, you'll, you'll usually have like three or four episodes scheduled. And what that means is if you're a level five contributor, you um, can get access to all that stuff right away. You know, on demand, actually, as they like to say. So that, that's really it, man. And the kind of stuff that I'm going to be putting up there is going to vary. Um, Ralph and I are going to be doing a, a semi-regular show that's exclusive to Patreon, which we'll get into. But a lot of the stuff now, if you if you're if you joined already, and you'll you'll find out in the coming weeks the stuff that I have up there right now. And uh, I've been going through boxes of cassettes and dat play dat tapes, and um, finding all this archived material of. Two of my former bands, uh, Anodyne and uh, Tomb, uh, Tombs. Tombs is I'm still in Tombs. That's still that's my <laughs> current band. And this band called Otis, which is a band that there's like a very very small group of people who are aware of that band. And um, there's a bonus episode about that band that I do with Jay Bennett, who um, you know you guys know Jay. He's been on the show before. He's also a very prolific uh, music journalist. Uh, you you've probably read his articles in Decibel and Revolver, and you know he also a musician. He was in Ides of Gemini with Sarah Timms, who we'll talk about her soon. Um, and uh, it's funny because my friends in the band Isis, particularly Aaron Harris, like to bring Otis up to me, and uh, because they they think that I am. Um, that it, that it somehow would upset me, you know what I mean? That we're talking about the band because, <laughs> you know, it's not. It's it's uh, you got to remember this is the early '90s. I was young, you know. I didn't really, uh, you know, I was trying to figure out what I was doing here musically, at, you know, and you know, not being like the most popular guy socially. Uh, you know, you kind of had to make your own way. I was living in a strange city in Boston, and I was in a band. I founded a band that became very fairly pop very popular locally regionally and um you know we're, we're doing that 90s thing where yeah man you know we're being chopped to a major label and this and that and you know it's uh it was kind of a time that that kind of thing happened when like some band that was playing alternative music or whatever uh would get could get signed so we had these it ultimately led nowhere, but there was like a, a potential of doing something on a really cool level. Unfortunately, the band, as I I knew this actually, as time went by and the band demised, we just didn't have the juice to really make it. You know what I mean? Like um, there were certain key, key elements missing, 
in the uh, the makeup of the band. Not me. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's not. It wasn't my fault. I you know I put my fucking time in. I wrote the riffs. You know, like I I did what I had to do. But I'm being I'm going to be frank. I'm going to be brutally frank when I say that the reason why people liked us and the reason why the band ultimately failed, the responsibility of that lies squarely on the singer's shoulders because he's had a great mm-hmm. voice, incredibly talented guy, one of the laziest motherfuckers I've ever been in a band with, and that's why the band failed, in my opinion. So anyway, so there's a lot of that stuff. There's uh, talking about the band. There's uh, live sets from radio shows archived. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's been like kind of a trip going through all this stuff. And then, of course, there's Anodyne stuff on there too, which a band that I still very you know feel very strongly about so there's live material recorded on various radio shows uh descriptions like a story behind all these things um they're going to be the music part is going to be available as part of the episode and then eventually i'm going to be uh, adding exclusive links just if you don't if you don't want to listen to it as part of the episode you can download it basically because uh we also have a everything went black Bandcamp which right now doesn't have a whole lot of stuff on it, but I'm going to use that as the mechanism to put exclusive audio content out there that's going to be like a hidden link that only members have. So that's part of what we're going to be doing. And um, there's also going to be new music uh, from a couple of different projects that I'm going to make available exclusively through the Patreon. The first is a, a band called Scorpion Throne, which I'm doing with Andrew Hernandez, uh, the former Tombs drummer, and um, Mike Unglaves of uh, Windfarer and Replicant plays bass on it. And uh, Andrew's recording the drums for this project in a couple weeks. There'll be an episode about that. There'll be a download of the four-song EP, uh, you know, for free for, for you guys who are subscribers. Um, I'm resurrecting my uh, ambient project, Vasilek. I got a bunch of material already recorded for that. And then there's going to be a preview for a as-yet-unnamed project with Sarah Timms. Uh, we've got two songs written, and uh, we're in production on that. And um, Sarah used to be in uh, Ides of Gemini with Jay. She was also in Black Math Horseman, and she had a project called Black Mare, which I believe is still active. And uh, for you out there who are fans of Tombs, she's uh, contributed backing vocals on a few different uh, songs in our catalog. It's, uh, so anytime you hear like a haunting female voice, it's, it's her. So, um, so we're going to be doing that, previewing that. I'll probably have her on as a guest to discuss the project <clears throat> on, a, on a Patreon episode. <clears throat> and then there'll be a link to those two songs. And uh, so, yeah, a lot of stuff. You know, not all just um, archiving of uh, shitty bands I played in in the 90s, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that sounds uh, sounds like a package, like, for everybody out there. Uh, you should be going on there. I, I will join there. I want to have that stuff. <laughs> I, I don't know about and, it. I can't really charge you money for this thing because you're going to be a contributor in one of the, um, <laughs> the, the show that we're about to talk about that we're going to put on there. I like to pay myself for my work, you know. <laughs> it's like, here, here, have a dollar, Ralph. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Ralph. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, you know what I want, and I know you will, you won't, you won't give me that, but I want to have a Versoma episode with all the Versoma life stuff you gave me at some point on CD. So put that shit up there too. I know yeah. you feel indifferent about this. No, record, no, 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 like, no, no, total, dude. Honestly, I in in the pantheon of of bands in the hierarchy of those bands, Versoma rates above Otis for sure, man. Yeah, oh, dude, that's a great yeah. idea. You know, maybe we can get Getz. You know, I can get have him as a guest, and we could talk about the band. It's been a long, a long oh. enough time. You know, and he can't talk like that would be oh, awesome. Dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like I, I just remember when Randy like put like in a, when when one episode he mentioned like for so many, we're like, uh, I don't know. But it's just like to me also this record still. But it's also from that time. I just it's just like. At that, that point in our friendship, it was just like I was so blown away when that came out. And I mean, there's it's it's the fluent, it's the transition from Anodyne to Tombs. It's uh, if you listen to the last Anodyne and the first Tombs, and you listen to Versoma in the middle, that's just like the gateway. Uh. I, I'm not even going to say that the early Tombs stuff sounded more like Versoma than the, what we sound like today, actually. It, it, absolutely and uh, i mean that's stuff where i got to know tombs and and i still love that stuff like i find myself going back to fountains of the world like once once a, once a month I, at least i still love that, those songs yeah you know the real real quick about uh versoma a lot of people that i run into that like that record assume that jamie gets and i don't like each other which is a complete completely not true i mean i i fucking love jamie getz man and and um we never had a problem it wasn't the the reason the band broke up wasn't because of me and him not getting along i just want to put that out there and you know set the record straight about that i literally we just decided not to do the band anymore and and it wasn't like i fucking hate you man you know you blah blah blah. none of that shit man no one there's no hard feelings and i mean i think the band broke up like on one week, you know, one weekday and a week later we were like texting each other or whatever, talking on the phone about doing shit, you know, and it wasn't like, you know, oh man, fuck him, you know, like oftentimes it's like that with people in, in, in music, but, um, you know, I would, I would go see gods and Queens play and, you know, it's fucking support. We played with them actually planks, you guys and us, man, you know, and the planks, yeah, gods right. and Queens tombs. You know, Getz had, you know, helped continue to help help us out, and it wasn't like an issue on that level. You know, I can't I can't speak for the other guys in Getz or the other guys in me. You know, I mean, maybe this, maybe some of the other members have problems with me or whatever, but not. It was never between me and Jamie, really. Yeah, uh, uh, it would be cool having him on because I think he's just like he has also like a good storyteller and I think like that would be interesting to like go back to that phase like how did this band come together and uh yeah man it's just like I still love that record so and I I remember you gave me some CDs at some point but like to think two radio shows and some demos yeah so wow. please for me put that on there I don't, I don't think I have any of those live things man that'd be cool to have that I I think I still have those CDRs. I let me let me go check for them, and I'll give you a heads up if I have them. Yeah, yeah, that would be a good thing, man. The only I think the only reason why I didn't think to do some you know archiving thing with that is I don't I couldn't find anything here, you know. So okay, yeah. So yeah, that's another great idea. Maybe we can have a, all three of us on on the episode. You know, that'd be fun. That would be yeah, that, yeah, totally, man. Yeah. 
Um, also, like with the Patreon levels, I don't know, like if you can give that thing names if you go on there, but you should really like do like first level of hell, second level of hell. <laughs> we can have seven, seven levels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that'd be cool. That'd be great. The seventh level is like $200 a month or something. Like that. <laughs> Dude, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, you and I were both big fans of Swans and the, the canon of work of Michael Girard. But dude, whenever he like started funding money for his new records, I was always backing him with at least fifty bucks, and he always got something from for it for that. I mean, he did mostly like, did these CDs with uh, like an artwork he painted that had like these acoustic versions of the songs that ended up on the next record, and then he was like, "Yeah, so this is the idea, and this will be very grandiose. I will have this guy play on there." and i always loved that and he had like all the names of the people that were backing it in the cdr in the cd and like it's all like i think when he exceeded like a hundred bucks or so that like, you got a hand like a painting he did by oh, hand wow. with yeah. your order and it's just like this his work ethic and the appreciation of the people appreciating his work that is something that may like hugely influenced me and uh I saw that when, like, last year, when, like, all the, the Ulta shows got canceled, at some point, like, the, the, the IRS came knocking, and we're like, fuck, dude, we need some money, and they're like, there's no shows, we can't, we, we can't, like, put out the next shirt, because people were already, like, buying merch from us, so I had the idea, like, we still have test pressings, and I always wanted to try to paint something. So I started like painting sleeves, like hand painting, stole some like paper from from school and colors and like did these handcrafted artworks for the sleeves. And I just like thought like maybe someone's interested. And I was like posted it on the Ultra Facebook. Like, does anybody want one of those? And it's like if yes, like send me an offer. And dude, people were like putting money down and they were so appreciative. So I wrote something for them. Like I did like the crafted artwork, did like an extra letter to them, handwritten lyrics, sent that shit out and people were super stoked. And then one guy inquired, it's like, dude, I want to have all the test pressings you have of each record one. And like, can you do something for me? And I was like, okay. And he was like putting money down. So I built him like a custom box set with, with oh, like wow, an extra sleeve and, and he, dude, he was so pumped and we were like in, in touch and that's cool. Like, I love it that people appreciate the work that I've done so much that they would like put money down for me. Like, I'm not a good painter, but like, I'm, I'm happy with the stuff that came out. You can like, if you're interested, you can find that on the Instagram page and Facebook. There's a video of the box that I did. Um, and it's just like, I think people are willing to put stuff down if you like, maybe you could think about like, okay, this is the first level, this is the second, with the third, you get some music with it or something. I don't know. Like, right. But it's, I think people appreciate that. And like, I, I love it. Like, I love music fans for that. Yeah, maybe level one could be like Paradiso and like uh, level two, could be Purgatorio, uh, you know, yeah. go through it like that. That'd be kind of cool. But, yeah. you know, it's funny, man. Like that's, Pretty much, like, I, I've always felt uncomfortable with charging people for things, you know what I mean? That's why, like, you know, if you ever run, if you ever meet, meet me at a show, like at a tomb show, and talk to me, and this is why I don't work behind the counter of our merch table, is because I'll probably give you, <laughs> give you everything for free, you know? 
Like, it's like, if you talk to me long enough, I'll probably, hey, man, you want a shirt or a record or something, you know? Like, I just give it to you. That's always been my my kind of um, operating mode with people that are supportive. So the whole money thing has been very uh, weird for me. And But the reality is that this actually does cost a little bit of money to, to keep going. Uh, you know, there's server charges and things like that and... and um, you know, the frequency and the bandwidth, too, because, I mean, we put out a lot of material on a monthly basis, and um, I pay for that all myself, and I have been for the last 10 years, you know, so I'm not saying, hey, man, you owe me this, but, you know, because I've chosen to do this, you know, I didn't, I put myself in this position, you know, it's not anyone's responsibility, but, you know, there's that aspect of it, too, of not having to reach into my pocket every single time. It's like when you do a band, and you know you're playing in your basement, and then you're you're all you're good. Everything's cool, like you know. And then you start doing things where you're going out on the road and paying for gas, and you buy a van, and then you're like, oh man, it'd be nice to get paid for some of the shows we're doing, you know. And you get twenty dollars, fifty dollars, whatever. But um, you know, what I want to do also is maybe like quarterly donate some of the money to um, one of the things that I've been looking into is a, a literacy charity. For, um, you know, to help young people with literacy, you know, and that's a major, cool. major awesome. problem in this country because, you know, I mean, all you got to do is look on the news and you can see that people in this country are dumb motherfuckers. And like, hey, maybe if you guys have read a book, you know, and studied and wow. paid attention to things, of course, look at me, I'm turning into this negative shit talking thing. But, but, you know. Reading is probably the most important skill that you can possess in the modern world or in, in the ancient world too, man, honestly, you know? Um, and, and the fact of the matter that people, a lot of people don't know how to read, you know, is like a huge obstacle to them having a, a quality of life, you know? And I, I believe in that. And so maybe that's like some, maybe like a couple times a year, I would like to take the money and donate it to that and then maybe like another another charity, like split it up or something like that, you know? And, and any of you guys out there who are, are interested in joining the Patreon or if you're a member already, hit me up. Let me know what your thoughts are on that. Maybe you can recommend something. I've been, I've been trying to find a reliable literacy charity and, um, you know, if there's any ideas out there, please, please let us know. That's awesome. What's what's your what, what are your thoughts on George Michael? Completely off the off the rails now, but it has a point. Like, what do you think about George Michael? I haven't thought about him in fucking twenty something years, <laughs> probably. But I mean, I like his music. What what happened? Is there what is there? Does he get canceled or something like that? What, what happened to him? <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, he's dead. First of all, I oh right, he died on <laughs> okay. Like, um, and it was like. It's just like because like the phase, you know, I don't know if it's like you know, how it's in the States, but like in September in supermarkets, you will find speculations and like chocolate hearts like with with cinnamon. So like Christmas snacks when it's still warm and people wearing shorts. Uh, so Christmas comes way early. And then like come November, like if you are somewhere in supermarket or somewhere, you will hear last Christmas. There's no avoiding it. And for, for years, I was like, oh, fuck, I hate this song so much. And I'm like, I'm not opposed to Wham! And like, Club Tropicana is probably the one song I will always dance to. And I hate dancing. But um, the cool thing about him, I, I have no, like, I have never really had thought about this guy. Like, he came across as a posh jerk sometimes. But, and that's, that's the point I'm taking here. When he died, 
his uh, his will said that like the rights to his songs will go to his family. So whenever the songs are played, they will get the money. But except for last Christmas, and what he what he did is like all the money from like one year that will be earned via sales and. Now this year it was the first time that Wham's Last Christmas was number one in the charts again. Oh wow! All the money, yeah, all the money being made from this will be donated to charity in the UK for street kids to learn music and instruments. That's great. I I, I still maintain that reading is probably more important than learning how to play bongos or something like that. But uh, but you know that's yeah, cool though. Can- yeah. For sure. Yeah, and that's like in 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 the scale of that, like I just thought it was such a cool thing to say, like, yeah, man, like my my family is covered with all the other songs I did, and like this one song, this will be for the kids on the street in the UK to learn some instruments, and I think that's cool. So I really appreciate your idea with the money. Yeah. Yeah. He. I. I mean, let's be honest here, man. I didn't even know he was dead. I got to be honest about that, you know. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, I'm not aware so much of George Michael. I remember. Um, he had that video with the he had the sunglasses on and a leather jacket and I thought it looked pretty cool and you yeah. know Wham had a had a bunch of hits you know and and yeah. uh, and I think he got caught in a restroom or something like that with like a cop or yes, something right. so you know he got had yeah. yeah you know but uh yeah that that's great man I I think that's yeah. that's awesome and that's you know I a guy guys like that with real money like when they when they donate that is meaningful to me. You know what I mean? I think that's really yeah. cool when they share their money with a charity like that. Yeah, and it, like like I said, you know, like the rest of his family is still covered, just like giving away the rights to that one song. And that's what I always see, like with these rich jocks, like like if they just like donated one percent of what they make in a year to like a charity, it would be it would really like help stuff out. But yeah, uh, it's just like grab money, take money, and make more money. Yeah. So like I don't know, like I'm not a fan of his music per se but i just like as a random story i just thought it was pretty cool that he did that you know a lot of these ideas of um you know kind of supporter based uh content is uh i remember Onsters and the neubauten were that's yes. how they were making records like maybe through the late 90s and um yeah the story will probably come out when with the otis episodes but we toured europe with um with fetus and uh and the tour manager, uh, or I don't know, she was some, she was involved with the Swans as well. And uh, this German lady, uh, Sabine Waltz, um, she was uh, involved with Swans and also Fetus. And she was telling me about Neubaut and and how that's how they make their records. Like they'll they'll have like this fan based contribution yep. system, and they would get like demos as like part of that whole package and back in the 90s i was like oh fucking you know those guys like you know taking money from people whatever you know but now it's like that's kind of how everyone exists these days is the way they did it you know and you know and uh the guy um another shout out to jackie smith of into the necrosphere uh good buddy great podcast and you know if you're a big fan of black metal and extreme music for sure check him out um i've been on there i'm actually going to be on again coming in the coming weeks but uh he had uh that dude from um i forgot his name but he's in that band primordial uh Mm -hmm. i'm not that familiar with primordial i gotta i gotta say just put that out there but 
you know, I, I recognize him as being like a successful band, and they he has his Patreon also inspired me too because he talked about sharing demos, like practice stuff and like exclusive stuff that the band might be doing behind the scenes shit, and that's kind of like what this Patreon is going to be about. Um, you know, demos of songs. Dem when we you know write a new record, I'm gonna be posting the demo um, for that for you guys who want to check it out. And uh, there's going to be, um, you know, that that sort of thing, you know, that sort of communal vibe of, of uh, you know, uh, sharing ideas and giving insights. I just never thought anyone gave a shit, really, about what I was doing behind the scenes. But, like, um, I've learned that some people do, man. And I really, really, once again, I'm really grateful to that. And, uh, you know, if people are interested, I'll be putting this stuff out there. And then, you know, see where it, see where it goes. It's, uh, it's you know, it's much, much appreciated. Yeah. That's cool. And then uh, there's going to be the show, the semi-regular show that we're going to do called Long Shadows, which is uh, you and I, again, together again. We're going to be wow. discussing literature and uh, primarily like weird fiction stuff. And uh, that's going to be a Patreon-only thing. Um, I think maybe the first kickoff episode will be on the regular podcast just to give people an idea what it is. But uh, we'll be uh, discussing short stories by some of our favorite writers, and you know, exposing people to that. I don't know, Ralph. Do you uh, do you pick up this uh, theme of literacy here? You know, like reading and expanding your mind and all that kind of stuff that I'm that I'm putting out there. Yeah, of course, man. It's like we always. I mean, as as you guys out there can probably uh, like uh, guess this. Like Mike and I are in touch a lot, like writing mails back and forth, and. It's always like when we talk about movies and music, there's always this literacy component to it, like with the lyrics and also like then short stories, how like short stories are related to movies or things we see in our lives and it reminds us of stories. And so, yeah, we just thought we added to the canon of that show because mostly we talk about movies and music, but there's so much more. Uh, we want to expand that and yeah hopefully with this little niche we're going to do with long shadows um that's something you guys are into and again we love the interaction so if you have suggestions of short stories or stuff that is meaningful to you let us know and maybe we can, can incorporate that also just uh if you really think about reading you know and um you know i mean i love movies you know i love music obviously um but the the act of reading is such a fucking psychedelic thing, man. If you think about your your mind takes these weird symbols and that it constructs a picture in your brain. Yeah. And each of us has a, their own unique idea of what those symbols represent. Yet we're all able to reach some kind of common understanding amongst each other and i i it's so fucking amazing that humans can do that and um yeah. and that's something that we should try to do regularly man to, to broaden our our minds and i i am so grateful to my parents for introducing me and encouraging me to read as a youngster you know my dad used to read comic books to me when i was a kid and and um you know and and that made me interested in reading and right away right quick when i was a kid as soon as i started reading i started you know reading books i started jumping into things like 
you know, and the earliest memories I have, aside from like the, the young adult, you know, the, or the children's books, getting into like the Hardy Boys and, you know, that kind of stuff was my love for the macabre. You know, I was getting into, you know, first like, you know, Robert E. Howard's Conan, Lord of the Rings, Edgar Rice Burroughs, H.P. Lovecraft, because I know that he and Howard were, were pen pals, you know, and then Clark Ashton Smith and like that whole, that whole like uh, stratum of weird fiction writers whose work was published in weird tales, you know, like almost 100 years ago. And, and that was like the biggest like um, catalyst for having an imagination for me, man. And, 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 you know, and it's, you know, as a kid, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of friends, man. You know, I was alone a lot in, and, and reading and comics and all that sort of stuff was almost exclusively how I would spend my weekends as a young kid. So it was, it's, it was a, you know, a safe haven for me too. Yeah. It's uh, like reading wasn't that much encouraged in my family. Um, I mean, I had like access to books and I, well, I don't know, like in school, they never really made me interested in that. But like I also started with comic books and like young adult literature and stuff like this. But for me, it came also with horror, like reading King and, and, and stuff like this, like because I saw it and that was like my gateway into like these Stephen King novels and read a bunch of stuff from there and. I really loved reading, and then at some point, latest when I became a teacher, it, it's just, I'm reading a ton of stuff each day, but it's not stuff I want to read, right. because I have to grade papers, and like read mails, and it's, it's so much literacy, like reading, and it's just like tough in the evening, I just want to like, you know, like relax my eyes, I watch something, and then I go to bed, try to read something, and after a few pages, I'm done. And I mean, there's so many books I have, like I bought Dumas, uh, the um, of Monte Cristo, and it's like something I wanted to read forever. And I started and like after a few pages, I'm like, dude, I, I will never finish this book. So like I always have the plan to read this, but like especially short stories, like I remember when you suggested for me to get the Ligotti book, that's just like I blasted through this because it's just so like it's not as difficult as reading Lovecraft. I mean, I love Lovecraft, but for me, it's a it's a foreign language, and he uses so many adjectives that I have no clue of. But like stuff like King or Ligotti, it's easy to read, and you know, it's just like okay, this will be sixteen pages or fourteen pages, and that's easy to digest. So I'm really into this idea of like the Long Shadows episodes. Yeah, and and the short story is pretty much the perfect format for that type of fiction really you know for like weird fiction and horror and you know even Stephen King who's known for his novels his novel you know and, and adaptations of his novels I would say has a, a his catalog of short stories eclipses his novels you know what I mean he's got so many yeah, short stories yeah. out there yeah and, and mostly what from what I read they're better because he doesn't have the time to fuck up the ending that's because always like, been yeah, the, uh, that's always the criticism, man. Yeah, the curse. I mean, I remember like when I watched it and I was so pissed scared of, of like Tim Curry as Pennywise. And then in the end it's like, it's a spider and they shoot it with earrings, really? And it's just like I, I, I don't know, like the stuff like uh, like misery or shining or uh, the green mile, they all have like good endings. 
But I remember like a bunch of stories like, where I thought, like, really, this is it? I remember this like Tommy Knockers, this aliens thing. That was also not good in the end. And it's just like, I don't know. Like with, with newer productions about King, like, I mean, the Dark Tower movie sucked, but um, The Outsider was great. I love the two Castle Rock shows. Yeah. The two seasons they did. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's a strong suit, I think. Yeah. You know, it's a guy writes so much that not, not every one of those things is going to be, uh, you know, a, a home run. You know what I mean? It's like. Yeah, of course. Yeah. How, sheer, how can you? The sheer volume, you know, and, and as a kid, like I got into Stephen King after uh, Robert E. Howard and, you know, Sword and Sorcery and, and weird stuff. Um, and, and comics actually got me into Conan and Robert E. Howard. And then so I was like, I think in high school when I first started reading Stephen King and the thing I dug about it was that, you know, it, it definitely had like these horror things going on, but there's also this like raciness to it. You know, there was like a lot of like sex in there and stuff and like weird kind of like, um, you know, if you're if you're 15 and you're reading about sex, there's like his take on it is like kind of tailor made for that mindset. You know what I mean? Yeah, for, for me, like one of the one of the key things that changed my my view on reading, because I thought always like short stories, not a real work. You have to do like a proper book. Then that's that. But like that, that changed when I got to learn, like got to know Edgar Allan Poe. And I mean, he only has this one big book he wrote. Other, all the other stuff are short stories. And he, I don't know, man, he was just so fascinating. And he was the first guy I ever bought like a biography of. Now I have like four or five of his biographies. And I mean, I've got him tattooed on my right forearm and in, in my on the back of my arm is Lovecraft now because to me he's like the ancestor direct ancestor to Poe and um, that really changed my perspective on what what you can do and especially like Poe's approach to like cutting out all the all the stuff you you don't need like that some of his stories the characters don't even have names they're just called N and R or something because it just doesn't do anything for the story and I thought that's an interesting approach approach to like cut stuff from, you know, from what you're doing. And that's like something we, we actually like approach for the new author record, even if it's like completely a different, different thing. But like all the author songs were always super long and repetitive. And that was the idea. And for the new one, we said like, OK, let's let's cut it down. So how how can we make this more focused and. I think the result is great, and I can't wait for people to hear it this year. I mean, it's coming out this year now. It's not next year. It's this year. So, yeah, that, that's how, like, literature always affects what we're talking about in our lives. And I think that's why, like, uh, Long Shadows will be a cool thing to do. I'm really glad you came up with that idea and asked me to join you. Well, you know, Carl actually is one of the guys out there who recommended doing something like this. Like he and I, like I was saying, we correspond regularly and he's like, you know, you should do a weird fiction um, episode with Ralph. And I was like, okay, yeah, sounds like a great idea. Like he, he may be the only person who listens to these episodes, but Hey, <laughs> fuck it. You know, I don't care. You know, like let's do it. And um, dude, yeah. he's, he's worth it. I, I would do episodes just for him. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, <laughs> If he joins the seventh layer of hell, of course, for <laughs> 350 bucks a month. <laughs> but yeah, that's um, 
Yeah, yeah. Poe. I mean, that's all he has is and and, and is the short story format aside aside from that one uh, longer work. But the thing about a lot of these writers is the timelessness of the material that they write. I mean, you could read Poe like today, and it still has the same. Yeah. It doesn't seem dated, you know. And yeah. you mentioned you know, Lovecraft being a disciple of his, but you know, there's also these other great authors out there um, that. And they might be secondary influences like Algernon Blackwood, you know, and Lord Dunsany and people like that who, who also have written timeless uh, pieces that have informed the work of a lot of these, uh, you know, quote unquote, weird fiction writers. And I'd like to explore that. I mean, um, you know, Blackwood has, uh, you know, The Willows, which is um, a novella. You know, I think it's like 100, maybe 100 pages long or something like that. And that, that's like a pretty, pretty awesome read as well. I have like instantaneously. I have an idea, and if you don't like it, you have to cut it from the podcast. But <laughs> maybe that's, that's that's tempting for people. I want to do like. I mean, of course, we will start with the with the long shadows. We have ideas for that. But at some point, let's do a rewatch of season one of True Detective and read The King in Yellow and have these short stories. Dude, yeah. I, that's exactly what I had in mind, actually. I wanted to do ha. that, and I, and there's a couple of things connected to that. Like, um, like the King in Yellow is the only um, story, the only book, I, the only collection of stories. Actually, there's four of them that I read by Robert Chambers. I haven't read any of his other work, but you know, people have you know, when when True Detective came out, you know, there are these like some smart Alex out there who are like. Oh yeah, man. You know he's just like uh, ripping ripping off Thomas Ligotti and Lovecraft, and you know, and well, they didn't really mention Lovecraft, but they talked about you know Chambers and the King in Yellow and Carcosa and all that. And I was like, well, not really, because there's a whole legion of writers out there, you know, for Lovecraft and for uh, Chambers that are expanding the the existing mythologies of those things you know what i mean like there's you know there, there's a guy uh michael shea he they published an entire book of his cthulhu mythos you know what i mean and they're all yeah. inspired by the world that hp lovecraft has and there's like tons of people out there I, I i have a short story collection um under the yellow sign which is um you know it's a uh any everything inspired by the king in yellow and and there's yeah. like a whole subgenre of writing. So that's all that 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 is really is just that exploration of of a, a mythology. Yeah, and that's the that's the cool thing about these like like King. I mean Poe didn't do it. Like I I could see his stories being in like in one universe if you like you know. But like I mean Lovecraft did it and Poe uh, King does it. So these things are connected, and now I just that—that's what drew, drew me to Lovecraft in the first place. That they reference stuff from other stories, and you're like, like watching a show. It's like, oh, I get this reference, and it's like nowadays when you watch something, like for example, like last week, the first episode of the Book of Boba Fett came out, hmm. and of course after that you have like ten YouTube channels that are like, oh, here are all the Easter eggs you missed. And there weren't like a lot of those for the two Castle Rock seasons. And I think I, I found a lot of like references to other 
like post stories and uh, each other king stories and i think that's awesome if you create something like this and i remember like the last time i was in the states i i went to a bookstore i don't i don't even know where that was i think somewhere in brooklyn and i mean i have like a lovecraft collection which is like it looks like black leather with gold like imprint and it's like it's the, the 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 short like all the stories in there and it had like i was like oh cool there's a book that exactly looks like this i'm like oh it also says lovecraft it's the eldritch tales it's like what's that and it's like it's a collection with like some of the stories of Lovecraft that haven't been in the first one, but also like a lot of stories that were from writers influenced by Lovecraft in this in this universe. And that's just so fucking cool that like he influenced so many people to write story in that narrative. Yeah, yeah I mean, that was kind of like the whole weird fiction like trip, really, even back in the in the old days when they were, had the magazine, like Clark Ashton Smith and all those guys. Were, you know, Robert E. Howard has uh, has Lovecraft uh, stories and references, and you know, actually, I have a collection of his stories of all his Cthulhu mythos as well. And um, so, I guess that's like what True Detective fits into that canon, and I and I think it'd be cool to um, do an episode where we address that and also list out all the other references to other writers that people may or may not be familiar with. And um, I actually started a a note file on that, you know, and about where, where this comes from, like this term, you know, this, this sort of idea is like an idea borrowed from Carl Edward Wagner. Like there's, um, Mm. There's, he, aside from being the creator of the sword and sorcery character, Kane, Carl Edward Wagner has uh, a bunch of horror fiction that he wrote. And there's two, two stories in particular, one called Sticks and the other called The River of Night Dreaming that were influences on, um, on True Detective. And, uh, you know, like the yeah, just stuff like that. You know, that that's that's the kind of thing I want to get. I want to get real, real deep into that on on our uh, True Detective episode. I mean, that came out like almost ten years ago, so it's like we can really not. It, we don't have to worry about spoiling it either. By now, you probably everyone's probably seen it. You know. Yeah, it's crazy that it's been so long ago already. Oh, man, I know, right? Yeah. Did I ever tell you that I have a rust coal tattoo? I didn't know that. Really. Yeah, I have. Wow. Uh, like when it when it came out, like the first season was done. A week later, I sat at my tattoo parlor. It's on my left forearm. It's 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 a picture of Rust Cole with antlers and like wow. him looking fucked up and it just says ruin un- underneath it. Because like his character just like it's just the perfect epitome of like being ruined. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he's such an interesting character, man, and, and um yeah, you know, it's. Have you read any of Nick Pizzolatto's writing? I ha, I've read. Um, no. He has a short story collection, and he has a novel called Galveston, which is really good. Okay, no, haven't heard of him. Well, he's the guy who wrote uh, True Detective, and. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. He, oddly enough, his writing is. Uh, well, Galveston is a crime fiction novel, and then his short story collection runs the gamut of some of it's crime and some of it's just like fiction, like straight up about like, you know, relationships and things like that. Cool. That's well, sounds interesting. Yeah. 
And we have to really have to get that file going, man, with all the ideas and all the references. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll put together another Google Docs and we can share it and, you know, and yeah. come up with our, uh, our ideas for that. And also maybe the um, True Detective episode, we can, I can share my notes with you on that. All right, cool. Yeah. So any, any New Year's resolutions for you? Um, like always, get healthy. Um, I've been really sloppy with my eating recently, and I feel like a slob at all. Um, I really want to like get get like in better shape again, and just because like there's touring on the horizon, like there's plans in April to go out with our buddies in Unru, who will release a new record, and which will be one of the records of the year. And Ulta is going to play that. We have got a bunch of cool shows in fall. Um, we've got like shows with uh, Ropes of Night. We will go on tour in, in, in fall with Photo Crime when it all comes together. Um, and I just like, I really want to get back into stage shape. I mean, we played a bunch of shows and they were cool, but I thought like if I had to play another show tomorrow, that would probably wouldn't go that well. So it's that. And um, yeah, man, it's and that's the cool thing. I wanted to get more back into reading, like less of watching stupid stuff I don't really care for and just check my phone. Um, just like, you know, like focus on the essentials, like watch something like I'm just watching um, Mayor of Kingstown, which is fucking amazing. And this is something like I, I wouldn't dare like to go near my phone watching this. But there are so many movies that I started and we're like, I remember, like, listen, Jeff said something about this on the Necromaniacs uh, Year's End episode about, okay, then, like, usually we've finished the shitty movies, but I'm not going to do this anymore. Like, if, if I, like, catch myself after 15 minutes and not interested in the movie, I'll just pass on it. Fuck that. And rather, like, grab a book and read. So that's why I appreciate this idea so much, like, to get more into reading. So, yeah get my body fit get my mind fit for for the challenges because the last year was just a drag and i felt like completely burnt out and yeah so i want to do this writing more music we will re record a seven inch with ropes of night we have a split seven inch planned and yeah man new music get healthy read more eat better and that's the thing i wanted to say um i will make uh like um I will make concrete plans. In summer, I have six weeks off of school. The first three, I always have to be here because Danny has to work and now she has the dog. So I guess I will take care of the dog. And the fourth, fifth or sixth week, which should be sometime early August, I will book flights to New Jersey. Well, it's funny you say early August because that's, around, that's also the same time the Necronomicon happens in, in Rhode Island. Okay, yeah, so that's so. that's been postponed, you know, from past years, and uh, yeah. they haven't announced the schedule yet. But there's like a, a um, very, it's always really cool, you know. what I mean, like they always have like events and films and things like that. So that that might be something to think about. Yeah, man. I the the most important thing is I want to come and hang out. I want to do a live podcast episode with you. Hell yeah, face to face. I want to hang out for a week. And if there's something we can plan it around, there's also this tour with uh, Theater of Hate, the yep. Mission, and the Chameleons sometimes in that time. We'll figure something out. But th in this three week time this year, we will see each other the latest. It's long overdue. 
Absolutely. And, uh, you know, COVID did not uh, do us any favors by uh, having both of uh, the whole world basically locked down and not, you know, cutting, yeah. cutting all travel out of our schedules. So that's always been, a, you know, it's a contributing yeah. factor to that. Uh, if there's not a like by that time we have like a fifth wave with i don't know supericon or some some other format of that virus um that will prevent it i mean summer like this year summer it was already safe to travel and people were flying to the states again so if there's no travel restriction i mean i got my booster shot two weeks ago and I will get the next booster shot if it's necessary, but yeah, man, this time it needs to happen. We need to hang out. Well, I'm looking forward to that. And um, I also was trying to, with, this is my resol my resolutions now, I guess, is I it, wanted to plan a a uh, fun visit to Europe too, man. Like that was one of yeah. the things I had on my list of things to do in 2022 instead of doing something related to touring to just go over and visit. You know, I, I've, I've said it many times that... I would like to go and spend time in Europe and you know, obviously visit you. Like, I, you know, I'm inviting myself to stay at your house and actually <laughs> uh, actually do things, you know, instead of uh, yeah. sound sound checking and sitting in a, in a, you know, gross like venue somewhere. Dude, absolutely. There's the show we talked about with, I mean, people check it out. Ruins of Beverest, Grave Miasma. And that Italian funeral doom death metal band for, oh man, I'm, I'm butchering the name again. Fuoto Forcato, something like this. I don't know. I have to get this. I'm sorry. Profound Lore Band, killer record last year. These three bands will play like a venue like an hour away from here. This will be the darkest, most heavy show. <laughs> and um, yeah, man, you, you need to come out to the, see that. And then we'll can hang out here. I have a guest room. We'll all for yourself. Just a cat will visit you now and then. That's um, fine. I'm used to that. I, yeah. have, I have my own cat, my own little beast that lives here. Yeah. 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 Aside from that, what are your resolutions except for like the vacation plan, which I totally appreciate if you like would come over. I mean, you've got tons of friends over here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the other thing too, and, and I was wrapping this up before uh, this episode, we, we started the episode. I'm, I'm going, to, going to learn Italian. And um, mm -hmm. today being the first day of 2022, I did my first Italian lesson online. And um, it's been a long time coming. Um, my family, um, my mother's side of the family are from Italy. And when I was growing up, Italian was spoken in the house. And uh, obviously some Southern dialect that probably is vastly different than the proper Italian. But, uh, and, you know, for anyone out there who also listen to Necromaniacs, you know that I'm quite fond of Italian movies. You know, Giallos as well as, you know, like Pasolini and, you know, all these other uh, filmmakers. And I, I have... Um, a fascination with Italy, uh, ancient Rome, and the Mediterranean. So I think that it's only right that I learn how to actually speak the language. So that's my uh, my dedication for this year. And I'm just going to add it to whatever I do every day. It's going to be part of my day, just like the other things that I've committed myself to do are. So that's that's my other resolution for the year. Cool. Sounds great, man. Um, uh... Stoked to see you like talking to talk to Italian friends and Italian then like when you come over in this year. Yeah, totally, man. And uh, yeah, actually, yeah, you know, Michael Bertoldini and uh, all those guys, you know, from the, the Secret. Um, you know, we toured we toured Europe with them several years ago. It'd be good to speak their language with them. Yeah. 
Yeah, Michaela is living in Amsterdam, so he's also close by from Cologne, so you can visit him. See, on, on, on uh, Everything Went Black, we like to build bridges and extend our, yeah. our, our friendship to people of different cultures. That's another mission of this podcast. Yeah. Instead of being uh, you know, this weird nationalist trip that seems to be going on in my, in my country right now, you know? Dude, in five days, it's the anniversary of the insurrection. <laughs> oh, God. Can you, can you believe that's a year ago? <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, the redneck, uh, you know, um, unemployment. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the unemployment line that just yeah. went to the wrong building. <laughs> they went to the wrong building, you know? <laughs> yeah. Dude, uh, shotgun thoughts. What, what music are you looking for? What movies... Any any particulars you're looking forward to this year? I don't know what's coming out this year on either one of those fronts. To be honest, like I, um, you know, I'd like there's stuff you I'd know, like to see. Them. I mean, I know I know that you, you know I'm I'm interested to see what Ulta has has in store for us as well as uh, Ropes of Night. Um, so that should be cool. You know, I, I you know fucking love both of those bands. Um, movie wise, uh, what's what's coming out this year? Batman. Oh shit! That's the that's number right. one. With Dude, Rob... the new trailer, new trailer with Catwoman looks fucking amazing. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta look at that up then, man. Yeah, I um, that's the Robert Pattinson one, right? Yes, right. Yeah, and it looks great. Like it really looks like. Again, DC is fumbling with all their stuff except for Batman, and this one could really. It really has that vibe of the of the three Dark Knight movies. Um. It looks gritty. It looks dark. It's exactly what you want from Batman. And dude, like I never thought that Pattinson. I mean, he was good in Tenet, but like as a Batman, I was skeptical. But the two traders look fucking serious, and the new one looks great, man. So yeah, I um I, I am a, a believer in Robert Pattinson. Um, ever since he was in uh, uh the um the fucking movie, the Lovecraftian film with the with the Watchtower. Is it called the Watchtower? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that I think with, so. Yeah. With, with uh, Willem Dafoe. Um, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. He he was great in that. Uh, I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. I think that he's a an excellent actor, and um, yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to him seeing seeing him as Batman. Uh, did they like you know put him on like a, a a high protein diet and you know give him like make him do deadlifts or anything like that to play Batman or is he this like scrawny like guy still? He's I I think he's fit. But he doesn't look like uh, like jacked up. He looks like a regular dude, and the costume is also. I think the Christian Bale costume was bigger in it in itself. So, but um, I I mean I think he's. Fit. I I haven't seen like any photos of him like without a shirt like working out or something for the movie. But he looks like Robert Pattinson. But he has like has like these eye shadows, like you know, like rings under his eyes, and he looks like all fucked up and. Yeah, should be good. Like more of the broken Bruce Wayne character. Yeah, it's possible that he might become my favorite Bruce Wayne. Actually, you know, dude, it's just I when when Daniel Craig took over James Bond, I was like, no way in hell I will like this. And now, hands down, to me, he's, he's my favorite Bond. So we'll see. Yeah. Actually, I'm looking at the cast. Uh, Paul Dano is in it too. He plays the Riddler. I think that's a perfect uh, casting choice as well. 
And the new trailer, you hear him like, and he, and he, he kind of like talks like Bane did in the third of the, of the Nolan movies, <laughs> and he's like, um, I don't know, like a different approach to the Riddler. That's cool. So I'm I'm really curious. Catwoman is also like not like in a foxy leather outfit. Like she just looks more gritty too. So should be like a down to earth movie, and I'm really into that. Who's you know? playing uh, Catwoman? Uh, I have no idea. Is it you an just unknown actress? No, I, I think she's. I I want to say she looks like a young Haley Berry, but that's not her. But uh, I don't know. Who, like I haven't checked the cast. I just saw the trailer. I'm like, okay, okay. I don't want any more info. I'll just go in and see the movie. Yeah. Peter Scar Sarsgaard is in it. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, man. This so is yeah, like... aside, uh, yeah. So aside from Batman, this year we'll have uh, Halloween ends. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, we have Doctor Doctor Strange, and after the last Spider Man, I'm all, all into that. We've got the Mobius movie coming up. And oh yeah, hopefully that. Okay. Yeah, yeah all that's... the all the postponed stuff. I hope I hope they don't fuck it up because the last Venom again was terrible. But like our Morbius should be great, man. Oh. I've always been a fan of Morbius, um, you know, the the living yeah. vampire, you know, a really, yeah. really good character. I'm glad they're bringing him into the fold. Uh, Doctor yeah. Strange potentially could be so amazing. Yeah. Have you seen Spider-Man, the new one? Yeah. Yeah, I, li I like the new Spider-Man. Yeah. Like the, the one that just came out before Christmas? Have you seen oh, no, that? that one I haven't seen yet. I mean, when, when you say the new Spider-Man, I mean like the new. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, Tom Holland. Yeah, yeah. No. Tom Holland is but good. But that. Yeah, but that new one will blow your mind. It's 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 rightfully the success it is. And it has like it is embracing the whole canon of Spider-Man. I won't spoil any more. But also in the end credits, like when you watch it, there are like two two credits after credit scenes. It opens up to like one possibility that I was really looking forward to, but I'm not going into details. But if you can watch it in cinemas, it's a it's great fun, and I've seen it twice in three days, in cinema, and it's a blast. And it also hints at the new Doctor Strange, and yeah, man, that should be like all kinds of fun. Yeah. Also, actually, a show that's coming out is uh, is Moon Knight. That um. Oh yeah. Yeah, Moorhead and uh, Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson are making that. Those are the guys who brought us the Endless and uh, yeah. Synchronic. And uh, that, that might be really cool. Yeah. Great character. Yeah. But uh, who, yeah. Is, is Sam yeah. Raimi doing Doctor Strange? Oh, dude. No, I don't know, man. It me, might be. Yeah. We looked that up you know, as we. Uh, An interactive punk. Yeah, and we're doing it in real time here, you know. Let's see, Doctor Strange. Da, 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 fictional counter. Uh, I don't know. Let's see. I think Raimi is doing something in the Marvel universe. Uh, yeah, I think it might be him that does it. Yeah. I don't know. It's there's not enough information here. But uh, yeah, I also heard that there was supposed to be this kind of Lovecraftian like uh, vibe to it too. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's uh, the trailer for Doctor Strange is out now, so it has something to do with the multiverse, and uh, 
and it will be like it will feature uh wanda the wanda maximoff so like you need to see wandavision before you watch dr strange yeah, you need to that, see the yeah. spider-man and uh, I think that's cool that they like again. It's kind of like the Lovecraft stories that you have to see all the puzzle pieces to understand it. And then I mean, if we trust Loki and we both saw Loki, like we will have Kong uh, being like one of the main villains before they go into the Secret Wars. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that stuff's interesting, man. Like that more cosmic bent that these new yeah. uh, movies seem to be taking. And, um, yeah, dude, watch what like watch the Doctor Strange trailer on YouTube. You will you will love it because it it blends into that fold and has the look of uh, the color out of space. Yeah. Oh, see now you you I'm sold already. Yeah, I kind yeah. of uh, I haven't seen the last couple Marvel things. Like I didn't I didn't see the Eternals. Um, and uh, there's oh, a couple things I missed, so I got to check that out. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen the Eternals either, but I want to see that. But as for the new new Spider-Man, like if you have the chance, watch it in cinemas. Don't look at any info beforehand. Just go in there and you will like I saw it two times and two times at the same uh, spots. People were yelling out loud in enjoyment because it's just, yeah, they embrace. Like I said, they embrace all the Spider-Man uh, that it was in the MCU. And it's great. Fucking good movie. Success. The most successful Marvel Marvel movie they did so far, and rightfully so. Is that also on the Disney app too? Uh no, that's not. No, no, no. You have to go to the cinema to watch it. Okay, yeah. I mean, I live right close to a movie theater here, so that's uh, that's. Maybe I'll do it tonight, man. That used Dude, to be a, yeah, a big. Uh, that used to be a big thing in the Hill household when I was a young kid on New Year's Day. Me and my dad would go to the movies on New Year's Dude, Day. I totally. I, yeah, it would be like, and it's also especially for the vibe of like just something lighthearted, and it's an enjoyable two hours and twenty minutes. And I guess you will be happy if you did it. Yeah. Related to Spider Man, um, <laughs> my uh, one of my other goals is to uh, in in the Muay Thai uh, place that I go to. Usually, there's no belt system in Muay Thai, but uh, mm-hmm. we have a a shorts system where you have different color shorts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm trying to do that. But related to Spider Man, his uh, his name is Jean Clairvois, my coach. Mm-hmm. But his um, fight name is Spider. Okay. <laughs> so okay. the the um, the whole uh, you know the Muay Thai place is called Spider Muay Thai, and huh. one day someone asked him how come you have that name <laughs> spider right and he's like well my my former coach gave me that you know like the art of five limbs you know and all that and and then he's mm-hmm. like and also i love spider-man <laughs> so oh. yeah so he's he, he's a comic book dude like he loves comics and like almost everything he has has got like a, a, like a spider-man kind of vibe to it man it's pretty awesome that's cool man yeah great so yeah fitting home for you to train yeah <laughs> Yeah, so I just thought that was a fun fact to share with everybody out yeah. there. And if you're in New Jersey, man, and you want to learn how to like uh, kick people in the head and punch people in the face and stuff like that and throw knees and sweep people, and uh, you live in Central Jersey, uh, the gym is going to be is opening. He has a brand new gym opening up on Monday, and um, come come by and check it out. And uh, you know, text me, and I'll I'll, I'll tell you where to go. <laughs> <laughs> All 
So that's it, man. Look, hopefully this year turns out better. I know in in the beginning of 2021, everyone was like really optimistic about 2021, and it eventually turned into a but one big shit show, you know. So, you know, hopefully 2022 is better. Yeah, I think people are going in prepared for the worst, so it actually can only get better. But we'll see. There's a, there's enough that people in like politicians and and like anti-vaxxers and QAnon idiots, what they can fuck up for us. But hopefully, by like by spring, um, we'll be a bit more safe and stuff will be easier to access. I don't know, man. Like I'm I'm going in prepared for the worst, but I'm trying to think more positive this year. That's my new risk. Yeah. In the United States, socially and politically, we're fucked. Like that's that's uh, that's just the truth. You know what I mean? Like mm. that's just a, a fact of life over here. All I'm hoping for is to be able to go and move about the world in in a more familiar way. You know what I mean? Like yeah. be able to go out and tour and you know not deal with anxiety and fear the way we've had to deal with it for the last couple of years and. um yeah, because, you know, everyone's a fucking expert these days, too, man. There's people I know, like, I mean, you've probably seen it yourself just on, like, social media and Instagram. And I was trying to make plans with, with somebody in, a, in another state, uh, you know, and she's like, uh, I, I told her, I said, like, you know, I had, I had you know, I got I had COVID. She's like, well, when did, when did you get it? And she's like, oh, oh, well, you had the Delta variant. I'm like, how the fuck do you know what I got? Maybe I have the original uh-huh. one. You know, you're a fucking epidemiologist now, you know? It's like... Everyone's a specialist, you know what I mean, about this shit. And, uh, you know, and then, like, I, I check out stuff online and people are, like, you know, like, lock down as best as you can and only accept, uh, you know, curbside deliveries. And I'm like, dude, I don't know, man. Like, I, I definitely don't be reckless, but yeah. you got to, you know, we're humans, man. You got to, you know, go into the world eventually, you know. Yeah, you have to be careful and you have to respect the whole, like, all the stuff. And uh, it's just like, don't be that asshole. I mean, you know, like, I also won't seclude myself anymore in that way. But I'm like, not the not the, the party guy anyhow. So yeah. like, uh, you won't see me at a rave all the time. No? But I want to go to shows. And if people like wearing masks and feel more comfortable, I will gladly wear a mask. And like, I will test myself every day with a rapid test. Like, if if they're still for free that's how we do it i mean that's the way i work every like our kids in school they have to be get tested uh, three days a week and that's the only solution that they have for us so that's the only thing i operate on and of course now and then there will be breakthroughs but maybe they're talking about like the omicron now being the one that will like inf- like infect so many people that we have like a herd immunity afterwards I don't know, like every day there's new experts talking a lot of shit. Like I don't want to read like any comments anymore. I'm just hoping to stay safe. I will be more like I will be careful as always. And I'm just not the guy that will be out there all the time. And like right now, an indoor festival with 8,000 people is probably nothing I will go to. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, and, and after having it, it definitely wasn't you know, fun, obviously, but it also wasn't the worst thing I've ever experienced, you know, and that, but that's, I understand that's just me as well. And there are people out there where it's really devastating too, but I don't know, man. I, um, 
I also look forward to hopefully being able to live a relatively normal life. And, um, that's, oh. that's a big, that's really all I want at a two twenty, you know, 2022, you know? Yeah. I, I socially and politically, the United States is fucked. You know, there's going to be more violence and more unrest here. You know, that's just the way it's going to go for now on for a while until things reach some kind of critical mass in this country. And, yeah. um, and that's it, man. I want to see the Doctor Strange movie now and the new Batman. <laughs> I want to go to shows. That's really all I want. Yeah. And all I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> <laughs> you, you listeners out there. No, dude, like same here. I just want to stay safe, want to stay healthy, want to like live my life in the way I used to. And uh, yeah, want my friends to stay safe. And uh, yeah, I really want to hang out with you in person this year. So that's uh, a lot of New Year's resolutions on this 1st of January of 2022. Well, thanks uh, for listening, everybody. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Take care. Thank you.